This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And this is the stuff they don't want you to know. Nice, nice. Yeah, we've uh, we've been working on our budget, and we figured out the best way for us to do the kind of sound effects and, and, and music that you listeners uh, have come to know, love, and expect. Uh, the the best way to get the bang for our buck here is to Just have Matt. Me, yeah. yeah, have Matt do it. Is that cool? Yeah, that's totally fine. That's that's also one of your. Uh, one of your favorite phrases to hear as an editor, right? Or as we call them, predators here. Uh, it's one of your favorite things to hear when someone says, oh, we'll, we'll fix it, you know. In post? In post. Yeah, that's that's a great tactic. Good way to <laughs> save money. Just kick the can a little further, further down the road. But if we are talking about money, then this makes me, uh, this makes me, Think of an interesting point that we didn't really touch on in our videos this week. Uh, the Jesuits are doing pretty well financially. Well, yeah, Ben. What What's the best way to acquire wealth? The The most efficient way to acquire wealth uh, as a group or a person? 
oh, well, to be a nonprofit or a religious organization, something exempt from taxation in some countries. That's really good. You know another way? What's that? Um, to have wealth given to you or passed down to you from generation upon generation oh. upon generation upon generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the group we're talking about today has been around for a, a, a while. Yes. Today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are talking about the Society of Jesus, uh, otherwise known as uh, the Jesuits. Uh, one thing that we found very interesting, uh, both Matt and I, was that as soon as the current pope, as we record this, uh, became the actual pope, uh, there was this huge resurgence of rumors and conspiracy theories about the Society of Jesus. And I don't know about you, man, but I had no idea that this was a long-running concept, you know? Um, sure. So so what do we know about the Jesuits? Let's start with the history. So to start with the Jesuits, let's, let's look at the founder, Ignatius of Loyola. Now, this guy was a soldier in the 1500s. And he was wounded uh, by a cannonball that broke one of his legs pretty horribly. And, um, well, it kind of led to the, the founding because of his spiritual uh, findings once, right. when he was injured. And we'll talk about that a little later. Mm-hmm. But Ignatius himself was born October 23rd, 1493. His name at that time was Inigo Lopez de Loya. Ah, uh, yeah. And... Uh... He was not always the most godly man, right? Uh, he was a warrior, man. Right. It's a very different cast in that system. Now, the battle we mentioned in the videos where he was wounded was the Battle of Pamplona, uh, which occurred in 1521. Now, during this process, he was very close to death. Yeah, it was it was pretty grim. If you get injured in your legs, especially by a cannonball back in the day, there's not much that can be done for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is before the advent of modern medicine, what we would call modern medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so he survived, but he always would have a limp despite several surgeries. And when they did surgeries back in ye old 1520s, uh, there was an anesthetic. I mean, there was booze. Yeah, bite this leather. Bite this leather, yeah. Uh, he read a book while he was recovering. It took a very long time, and it was a book called De Vita Christi, a commentary on the life of Jesus Christ and on the Gospels. When we're looking at this, what's weird is that it's like this mixtape of 60 different other Christian writers' opinions about the Gospels. Yeah, and this this book really triggered his conversion, his religious conversion, and he was he says that he had visions during mm-hmm. this time yep that were you know leading him in this direction and in 1523 he made a pilgrimage to the holy land uh, but he wasn't allowed to stay for more than a few days and they kind of shipped him back off to europe right yeah the situation's pretty unsafe you know he's limping like a uh, a madman uh in the situation by the way, we have the benefit of retrospect. Mm-hmm. The situation was unsafe for everyone there. It yeah. wasn't just, uh, you know, some, some group of totally innocent Europeans sitting around the Middle East. Uh, there were some, there were some hard cases on both sides and they thought he should not be there. He studied, uh, at several universities for, uh, the next 11 years, Barcelona, 
uh, Akala, Salamanca, Paris. And in 1534, he gets his crew together. I don't think they called them crews back then. He mm-hmm. gets his group of friends and some followers, and they take two vows. They vow uh, to commit themselves to poverty and chastity. Now, those are two very important reoccurring themes that we'll see in, in the vows and the uh, the things that are held sacred within the Society of Jesus. Now, the, at this point, they did something interesting to me, at yes. least. They went to Rome and went directly to the Pope, to Pope Paul III, and they, they offered their services to him. Like, I imagine that, being a Pope, and then this group of guys walk up and we're like, Hello, Pope. <laughs> Um, we, we just want to do everything for you, anything Mm. you need. And they seem to have this interesting slant on security. Yeah. Their, their idea is that they will be directly answerable only to the Pope and only to the head of their order, the, who they call the superior general or whom they call the superior Mm. general. So in 15, uh, Pope Paul III, by the way, is down for this. Yeah. So in 1540, Ignatius of Loyola officially founds the Society of Jesus, uh, and he's got the Pope co-signing him. So he writes simple rules for his order. Uh, no specific form of dress, which was a little bit controversial at the time. No regular commitment to attend particular services. You know, some other orders have a fairly specific uh, schedule, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And... Jesuits, as they came to be called, are free to move fast wherever they're needed. And uh, that means that if if today Pope Francis contacts the Jesuit order and says, I need people to do X, Y, or Z, then they want to have people ready to go. Yeah, mobile and active at all times. Yeah, and this goes back to, now you'll recall there are some very important events in Christian history during this time. Uh, the Jesuits were already at the Pope's side as like his cabinet and council way back during the Council of Trent. Now, here's the crazy thing. By, by the end of Loyola's life, around 1556, this group has grown from just his small group of friends that went to talk to the Pope to over a thousand members. And that's some pretty huge growth, especially for the time. Right. They are mainly at this point in Europe where the task of the order is teaching and arguing against the Protestant cause. Uh, but but they're also going outside of the West, my friend, to Latin America, to India. The idea is that they will aggressively, assertively proselytize to the great unwashed. Yeah. And they're they're putting up churches in these places. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some some really interesting exploration that they're doing. Right. And they they have a debatable, at times controversial involvement. Of course, uh, students of history will recall the, uh, the Catholic Church's involvement for good and for ill in areas across the world during the European expansion. But, Matt, something that is interesting to me that you earlier mentioned is that you said this was sort of a military order. Well, yeah, they're focused on security. So they they kind of come to be known as this military, let's say, arm or like the right the right arm of the Catholic Church. And they they use their power and influence in that way. And you may even hear these guys, the Jesuits, called God's soldiers which is pretty interesting, or even God's Marines. Hmm. And 
officially this is because Ignatius, you know, he, he was a soldier. That's his background. That's what he was good at. Um, it kind of gave him, uh, let's say this organizational ability and experience that you, that you wouldn't usually find in someone at this level or doing this kind of work. And then, then the order starts to just expand across the planet. They're going to Brazil, Japan, all over the place. It's the world tour. <laughs> it is. And okay. So this, this loyalty that they have, deep rooted loyalty to the papacy. It's kind of problematic for other groups, and the Jesuits are seen as dangerous by a lot of other people. Right, inside and outside the church. And let's spend some time here, because if you think about it, it does make sense. Imagine you live in Japan, and you all of a sudden have these uh, Europeans, never seen a European before, what the heck is going on there? Uh, they they come in and they say, uh, you know, this is our religion. We're here to teach you to read like civilized people. And, of course, you being Japanese say, ah, you guys should learn to read like civilized people <laughs> yeah. and speak Japanese. Uh, but it's strange because their allegiance is to another European that you as a Japanese person never, ever met and probably won't. And they are answerable only to this guy, not to you, not to your authorities, not to anybody else. To the head of a religious order. Right. And uh, for people within the church and other orders, this is even stranger because you know how you've seen cop movies or TV, like procedural crime shows, mm -hmm. right, where there's always this scene with the local sheriff is mad that the federal agent is coming in and busting his balls. This is my jurisdiction now. Mm -hmm. No, this is an FBI case. Oh, you know, this is the CDC in here. Uh, ATF here, uh, just want to check if there's any tobacco. Is this a tobacco-related crime or alcohol, maybe? You're going to have to intercede. Uh, CIA, don't tell anyone. We're not supposed to function inside the U.S., but we're taking over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this kind of game, and this is similar to what happens uh, when a Jesuit order, Jesuit representatives on, on some sort of mission uh, interact with local uh, local Catholic authorities, there can be this this weird thing where you say, well, I am the priest of this church or this, this uh, community, and it's my job to do X. And the Jesuits come in and say, ah, actually, yeah. big guy, we were talking to Paul. We just call him Paul. Uh, and... We're gonna we're gonna take it from here. Well, and they they had this extra emphasis on mission work and mm -hmm. education work, which kind of put them at the fringes of I don't know what you would call it, but where Catholicism really was holding sway. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of this weird front lines, yeah, uh, strong arm power. But at the same time, we're fo hey, we're focusing on on education and we're just doing mission work here. It's cool, guys. Right. They weren't raising villages to the ground. They mm -hmm. were they were much uh, more likely to assimilate if they could and work with the existing power structures of a place, which later became a problem. But anyway, for all of these reasons, and these are reasons, uh, they were often the victims of rumors, speculation, accusations. Notice I didn't say wild accusations. I just said accusations. <laughs> Yeah, Ben, and it's kind of their fault. What What do you mean? Well, they invented this system called causistry. It offered loopholes for all sorts of 
really not good things. Oh, okay. So it's all right to lie if it's for the good of the church. It's really uh, helping to spread the truth of the gospel. Therefore, it's a lie in service of the truth. Therefore, I'm not really in trouble. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, good things like that. Uh, right, and for an example of the rumors that they would have, a guy in France named Blaise Pascal wrote a book called, or a piece called, Provincial Letters Exposing What He Said Were uh, Abuses by the Jesuits. And then uh, other places, all pretty much all in Europe, uh, there were controversies over Jesuit rights, theological disputes, and their close adherence to Rome, you know? And... Okay, so let's just go back to about how these guys are out on the fringes. So a lot of people didn't see them in the way that maybe they would have liked to be perceived because they're not working with any local groups, right? At least mm -hmm. from a uh, top-down perspective, from where they get the, their orders. They get their orders from way over there in Rome, mm -hmm. uh, just the Pope and then their own general. They also worked with suppressed Catholic uh, communities that were under, at that time, Protestant rule. Ah, so, yeah, that's a real conspiracy, too. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're living in, a uh, let's say, an area where there is Protestant rule, and then you're this tiny little Catholic community that's mm -hmm. existing in there, the Jesuits have your back, man. I mean, and that's a cool thing to know, I guess, at the time. Yeah, you meet, uh, they had people meeting in secret to conduct services, and... Uh, there was a pretty good YouTube summation I saw on this. Um, oh, I wish I could remember the guy's names, but there is a Jesuit YouTube channel where they have, uh, where they have members of the order answering questions, explaining things, and they have a great video about the idea of Jesuit conspiracy theories, uh, where they talk about how there would be these little closets or secret hideaways for priests, and so, uh, this, they argue, gave rise to many of the later theories about, uh, the, you know, Jesuit world order or something mm -hmm. because people would look at these houses and say, Oh, what, what's up with that little hidden yeah. closet space? And they would say, Oh, that's where we, you know, put the Jesuit priest. And that's a weird thing yeah. to say to people because we had to take communion and we mm -hmm. didn't have anybody. And you know, those Protestants are always barging in, barging <laughs> in, looking for communion <laughs> opportunities. Anyway, so the Jesuits gain a lot of influence. And this is, as you said, uh, because they are educators and yeah. they are establishing schools that at, at a time when there's not, you know, a really feasible public school system. So they're getting the kids of the of the wealthy, the kids yeah. of the influential, and they're molding young minds. Uh, they're winning hearts and minds. It's quite brilliant. If oh you yeah, look back at it. We should start a school. <clears throat> so church officials become increasingly concerned about the power of the Society of Jesus. They are in the the high circles, the courts. You know, people have uh, what they would call like their court Jesuit and stuff. Um, well, it, yeah. <laughs> The court Jesuit? I don't know, but you see what I'm saying. I see exactly what you're saying. So all of these fears and rumors kind of culminated on July 21st, 1773, when Pope Clement XIV dissolved the order. Oh, man. That's and, tough. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but by that point, it had already been officially abolished in a couple other places, France, Spain, um I think there might have been a couple more. Mm -hmm. um, but Clement claimed that he was doing this only as a move to make peace 
within the church because there was a, a lot of tension at the uh, time. I see. So he said nothing personal for the good of the family. We're just going to calm it down for a little bit. You guys aren't officially the Jesuits anymore. But that didn't that didn't last for long, right? In 1814, the society was restored, and everybody remember the name Clement XIV because we're going to come back to him. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, these are some of the controversies, some of the history of Jesuits. Uh, what's going on with them today? Well, you they have a website. That's, oh, a, that's a good thing, a good start. Uh, from their official website, this is a quote. With close to 17,000 plus priests and brothers worldwide, we are the largest male religious order in the Catholic Church. We are pastors, teachers, and chaplains. We are also doctors, lawyers, astronomers, among many other roles in church and society. In our varied ministries, we care for the whole person, body, mind, and soul. And especially in our education ministries, we seek to nurture men and women for others. Now, as members of a religious order, the Jesuits take three vows. None of them are the fake vow that is all over the Internet, as far as we know. Their three vows are poverty, chastity, and obedience. And uh, when you were fully initiated into the order, there's a fourth vow of obedience, specifically in regard to the worldwide mission of bringing the world closer to Christ. Yeah. And that last one is just uh, that kind of vow. It's very serious in this context, but sure. uh, every every religion has that same goal, I would argue. Well, yeah, most most religions in some way uh, proselytize, mm-hmm. but not. I mean, not all. Uh, most religions, I think, either proselytize or attempt to maintain an an insular coherence. Although that. It's a little bit overwritten for me to say it that way. You know what's weird is I, right as I was reading that, my energy was going up and I felt like an advertisement on a radio station, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, they're like, the first ever Jesuit Pope, Pope Francis. Sorry, guys. Those are advertisements we hear all the time for clubs in Atlanta. Oh, God. And I heard one coming in. But yeah, but it is, it is a huge, unprecedented event and it's one of the reasons that so many people have been coming out of the woodwork saying you know the thing about the jesuits is blah 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 blah. um which leads us to matt my favorite part of the show let's talk about some of these theories from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Here's where it gets crazy? Yes, Matt. Here's where it gets crazy. But first... Uh, we have something that I need to ask you about. Oh, all right. All right, man. I'm going to level with you. So you're more savvy than I am about nope. uh, the internet and podcasts and all the other things okay, maybe. Th- that people do, you know, in their free time. And I have a problem because I want to read more, but I don't have too much time to read. I'm always like in the car driving, uh, Working out, humble brag, but, uh, right, whatever, but. Well, hey, I got a solution for you. Oh, do you? Yeah, there's no buts about this. There's this thing called audible.com. Have you ever heard of this? (laughs) Maybe. So, Ben, at audible.com, you can download over 150,000 audiobooks so that you can, you know, you can work out as much as you want. You could go driving. You could go to, I don't know, where you want to go to, Las Vegas? Well, yeah, usually. Well, heck, man, you could listen to, like, at least two full audiobooks. Like, so I've got a question. Audiobook. What is this kind of book for people's ears? That's exactly what it is. All right. Well, I'm back up to speed. And it's a good thing because I have a lot of stuff to check out here. You guys know if you are longtime listeners of the show that Matt and I have always enjoyed recommending books. And as we were looking through Audible today, we were trying to find some recommendations for stuff you could get because since there are over a hundred thousand choices. You got a lot to wade through, and we found something that we think you will enjoy if you enjoy history, a little bit of skullduggery, a little bit of conspiratorial stuff. Um, it's called The Jesuit and the Skull, Teilhard de Chardin, Evolution and the Search of Peking Man. Yeah, so this goes back to December 1929 in a cave near Peking, a group of anthropologists and archaeologists, including a young French Jesuit priest named Pierre, 
Tilhard de Chardin. Uh, I can't do it as well as Matt can. Uh, anyway, they uncover a pre-human skull. It quickly becomes known around the world as the Peking Man, and it was acclaimed as the missing link between erect hunting apes and Cro-Magnons. It also became a provocative piece of evidence in the roiling debate over creationism versus evolution. So, guys, if you want this or if you're interested in any of this, go to audiblepodcast.com slash stuff they don't want you to know. Yeah, that's our huge show name right there at the end. Uh, and you can get your free Audible download. You can get a free one of these. You can yeah. download The Jesuit in the Skull right now if you want to. It doesn't have to be The Jesuit in the Skull. You can get any one of these books. Uh, this is just one that we thought was interesting and that we are probably going to download. And, you know, man... If you have to type out that whole web address, audiblepodcast.com forward slash stuff they don't want you to know, I feel like you are owed a book for that. That's right. That is right. We appreciate it, and I'm sure Audible appreciates it. Well, just let us know uh, if you guys have a book that you would like us to recommend to the rest of the listening audience out here. And now, the moment that at least I, I've been waiting for, I don't know if we all have. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I have been. Okay, good. Let's get weird with it. Let's talk about some of this crazy stuff we're alluding to. Jesuits, Matt, have been accused of being assassins, of killing everybody from distant priests to actual popes and even U.S. presidents. What? Yeah, what indeed. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of these, Ben. Let's go back to Pope Clement the Fourteenth that mm-hmm. we spoke about earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you remember he signed those documents and the Jesuits were dissolved officially? Yeah, 1773 or something. Well, you know, just, I mean, I guess it happens. He fell ill, just got a little sick, and he died. And according to a lot of legends, his last words were, quote, I am dying. It is a very dangerous thing to attack the Jesuits. Uh. Ah, uh, yeah, it's according to Solving the Mystery of Babylon the Great by a guy named Edward Hendry. And what's strange about this is the timing, because yeah. uh, the Pope, Pope Clement XIV, uh, passed away in September of that year. And it was during the summer of that year that he dissolved the order. And uh, you'll see various bits of evidence or uh, alleged evidence about this, but... But it's interesting. One that's a little further out there, too, is Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. This idea dates back as far back as 1886 when a guy named Charles Chinoquy wrote 50 years in the Church of Rome, alleging that the Catholic Church killed Abraham Lincoln. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh, my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Wow. Why, though? Uh it, people dismiss the claim today, at least for Lincoln, but not so much for Clement. Yeah. The Clement claim, due especially because of the timeline, like you just said, uh, seems to be a little more interesting to people and maybe have a little more weight. It should also be noted that John Wilkes Booth mm-hmm. was uh, not a Catholic. Ah, okay. John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of Abraham Lincoln. So that's that's interesting, the assassination stuff. and. I'm hoping that I can get some more primary sources to figure out what the story is with Clement 14. I mean, make no mistake, the idea that uh, the Jesuits would ever assassinate a pope is seems very strange and against their charter. And it's exactly it, opposite. Right. Yeah, it's literally the opposite. So this is dismissed um, in, in the mainstream categorically. There aren't there are not. You know, historians or professors who say, well, yeah, they killed him, but uh, don't tell anybody. All right. But I would say, you know, if you just got dissolved and you want to still be the Jesuits, mm-hmm. if you take one pope out, guess what happens? Another pope comes in. Yeah, I don't you know, I'm still again looking into this, but we'd like to hear what you think, readers and why. Uh, and that's just one conspiracy theory about Jesuits. There's the other one that they actively work to subvert world governments to Catholicism. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Ben. It kind of already happened in South America, at least. Ah, yes. When the Europeans began colonizing mm-hmm. and in some cases uh, terrorizing uh, native fe- people of South America specifically, uh, well, Jesuits did actively work to win people over to Catholicism. But again, a lot of these claims rise up when there's a lot of anti-Jesuit sentiment at the time. Uh, yeah, or anti-Catholic sentiment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, some friends of ours that are a little bit older, and they were telling me about 
the big controversy when uh, JFK was elected president, especially in Boston, you know, him being Catholic, uh, a lot of this stuff came up, you know, and they would say, oh, well, now the United States just works for the Pope because the president is Catholic. Oh, man. Well, okay. so here's the here is one of the most important ones for me. This right here stems from the alleged oath, the secret oath that has been around the Internet that we talked about. Mm hmm. That the Jesuits can and will commit any number of sins and or crimes according to their secret oaths, including actively lying about this right here. Ah, so the oath is literally stuff they don't want you to know. It's okay to lie about the oath where you say it's okay to lie. Yeah. Little bit, little but again, bit of tautology. That goes, that goes to that secret oath that we discuss. Oh, yeah. This comes from... Uh, a work called the Monida Secreta, uh, which I am probably mispronouncing. And we found we found some people who made a fairly good case that this was a forgery. But uh, it's a forgery that almost reads like satire. It's mm-hmm. that far out there. And uh, you can find out more about that in our video on in both of our videos, actually, uh, that came out this week about the Jesuits. And then there's the idea that, of course, if the Pope tells them to do something, they do it, and it does not matter what it is. So the Pope could say, hey, kill that guy, and they would say, cool. Or, you know, well, they'd, they'd probably go, ooh, really? All right. That's the idea, right? Um, and then we should differentiate which Popes we're talking about, right? Because yeah. there's a, there's another one, right? Well, they, you got the Pope. The, and re- the, the real Pope. Yeah, the Pope, the one that exists. Uh, and then you got the Black Pope, which is a nickname given to the superior general, the leader of the Jesuit order. In a earlier video, Matt, you and I talked about Pope John Paul the first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Ben. I just have these images of that new show on Adult Swim, Black Jesus, but mm-hmm. with Black Pope. And uh, I just think that that would be funny. And Adult Swim, you mm-hmm. should uh, make a sequel. Now, the... The name Black Pope in this case is uh, not a name that the Catholic Church necessarily condones. It's a bit of a pejorative. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly a compliment. Um, it started out as a nickname that came from the, the plain black robes that the Jesuit order would wear. But it also came, and I think it stems mainly from Protestants in the 16th, 17th century saying that this guy, the superior general, the Jesuits, was a shadow pope, which I think sounds even cooler than black pope, uh, who may wield too much influence on the working of the Vatican and the working of local governments. In our Pope John Paul I video, we talk about the conspiracy theory that John Paul I was assassinated at the order of the Black Pope because he was cleaning up the financial dealings of the church, which for decades, if not centuries, have been notoriously, uh, I'm not going to say corrupt, but I will say uh, um, obscure. Okay. Obscured. Okay, I'll go with that. Like hidden, uh, uh, the fancy word would be occult. Uh, the, cause a cult just means a hidden thing, right? So these, uh, these finances notoriously inscrutable and the guy who was delving into them to clean them up, he dies. 
you you've got to check out the video if you haven't yet. It's a it's a very interesting story. I agreed. So let's look at behind the scenes with some of these theories that are out there. This here's where it's this here's where it gets crazy stuff. Well, it's uh it's kind of sad Ben, but a lot of this stuff it seems at least to be religious discrimination. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, just because it's a group that is easy to uh so mistrust about and it, it makes sense they're really powerful at the time too mm-hmm. super powerful group and you know i think there's a lot of fear when there's power involved oh yeah definitely i mean i can't even handle being the the first car in line at a traffic stop i get <laughs> you don't like it i'm a megalomaniac at that point are you kidding i'm kanye west uh, <laughs> of the boulevard meets the avenue when my van hits that front line i'm like I'm going to go slow and you're going to like the music. I'm playing really loudly with my music down. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. <laughs> um, that was you, man. All the time. So we know that there are examples of this, too. What we're seeing is that these kind of accusations have gone from pretty much the late 1500s uh, all the way from World War Two uh, to uh, oh, where, for example, Nazis also used anti-Jesuit propaganda to try to discredit the Catholic Church in Germany. Uh, and, you know, at, honestly, if we're being completely honest, Matt, it is true from everything we found that the Society of Jesus has at different times certainly been hungry for power. Oh, yeah. And garnered political influence. Yeah. And, you know, they had this emphasis on education. So it was probably viewed that, you know, they're trying to just completely convert massive swaths of whatever uh, country you're in. Mm hmm. I mean, I can see how that would be a little scary. Well, there was an interesting, there was an interesting, um, I guess at the time it was a debacle in China when the Society of Jesus was doing mission work there because they assimilated so well into the local culture and the circles of power that the, the controversial choice they made, which the Pope did not care for, was that they said, okay, well, if you are Christian and you still want to participate in traditional Confucian rites, that's fine with us because it's a cultural thing. We think it's cultural. We don't think it's religious. Uh, you know, our guys can participate in it too. And they got in quite a bit of trouble for that. Mm. Uh, and also, you know, it, it shows dissension in the ranks. But with all this said, I don't know about you. This is one of my favorite parts of the show, right up there with the let's talk about the crazy stuff. It's where I get to ask you what you think about this this whole thing, man. You love it, don't you? You I love do. making me sit over here and think really hard. No, I'm just asking. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I I don't know. This is a tough one for me because, you know, anytime you bring religion in, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone, but I think about power. And I think about, um, a lot of times great amounts of wealth. Mm-hmm. And then when you add this group that in my eyes at this point doesn't seem to be as evil as a lot of the rumors and conspiracy theories would say, and not even close to that. I would say that they probably do have a lot of power still, even now. Uh huh. Yeah. It's the largest male order of the Catholic Church mm. still, right? And, you know, <sighs> As far as the vow goes, mm-hmm. you got me on that one. I couldn't tell you one way or the other, but everything that we found seems to point to it being a forgery. Mm. Yeah, we, 
I know that we ruffled some feathers a little bit when we said, ah, this thing is a forgery, but if we find something and we have compelling evidence that it is true or not true, then it is sort of our job. Mm-hmm. We, we can't, and by sort of, I mean definitely actually mm-hmm. our job. Uh, we can't pretend that we don't know that kind of thing. I, I, I'm interested in this too. This was really a sticky subject for us because as you said, we typically avoid religion. Now, I know that there are listeners out there saying, wait, you guys have done a number of videos on different things about the Catholic Church. But typically what we're covering when we do that would be something like a political activity. Yeah, an event. A, an, yeah, an assassination mm-hmm. or an explanation about, you know, the Vatican secret archives, which are a real thing, but don't exactly mean what you think they mean. So Ben. Yes. You you kind of gave an overview, but you got to tell me what you think. Uh, I am certain that over the history of this organization, there have been various laws broken. And uh, when I say this organization, I mean specifically the Society of Jesus at times because, you know, it's been around for so long and there have been so many people and uh, they have successfully paved the way for a lot of things, especially education. I mean, Jesuit schools mm-hmm. are still amazing today, right? Uh, but... Clearly, you can't have an organization of that size, of that power, for that long without somebody uh, doing something wrong. It's just the nature of human beings. Now, as for whether uh, the Society of Jesus is out to embark upon a global crusade to take over the world and make mm-hmm. every single person Catholic, I I think that that's a little bit... I don't know. That's like it just doesn't make sense to me because if that were the case, then given that they've been around for so long, we would have seen more of that. What we're seeing now are uh, overall quite a few people dedicating their lives to traveling to some pretty rough places in the world Mm -hmm. and uh, trying to educate people and raise money to meet survival needs. And these guys you know when they when they join uh, they take the vow of poverty mm-hmm. and chastity um both of which i would personally have a hard time subscribing to oh sure so i i respect people you know i respect people when they have a code of ethics but i still we walked away from this video series and i just want to know more so i've ordered a couple more books actually about the jesuits and i'm going to be extensively reading them because I just want to know. It's there's some there there's so many stories, and we found a few that were true, right? Uh, and we found a few that we think are likely false, but we're barely scratching the surface. Yeah, not even close. Not you even. You haven't close. made a dent, my friend, but it's okay. <laughs> we will. We may. We may come back. Let's do a little more research. What do you say? All right, I'm on board if you are, uh, my friend. So, guys, what do you think about the Jesuits? What do you think about the Society of Jesus and all of the things we've been talking about today? You can talk to us on Facebook. We are Conspiracy Stuff there. We are at Conspiracy Stuff on Twitter. You can also go to our webpage, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com, and kind of check us out over there. But if you want to just talk to us directly, the best way, the oldest, the original way, is to send us an email. We are... Conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit TestTube.com slash Conspiracy Stuff. 
You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at Conspiracy Stuff. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.